Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And today we're going to talk about the importance of your connection to your intuition. This is actually something that has been coming through very strongly lately, um, why it is so beneficial for all of us to come into deeper recognition of our higher guidance, our ability to be intuitively guided, and how our intuition really is in support of and is meant to work with our analytical minds. So I met this woman um, about a year ago. Her name is Tanya Gonzalez, and she is uh, just such a beauty. A lot of her work, though, is focused on um, her psychic ability. She also provides uh, bibliotherapy, which we will talk about. But we had a beautiful conversation that I am so excited for you to hear because she really does put a lot of emphasis on why this is important. Also, how your devotion into practice can help you go deeper into connection with your intuitive nature. So um, in the conversation, we also talked about one of the cards in my Oracle deck. And I just wanted to remind you, because a lot of people have asked, like, oh, how did you go from Reiki to Oracle cards? And um, my intuition and my practice of Reiki are not separate from each other. In fact, I recognized that I was intuitive, but didn't understand it prior to learning energy work. Once I started meditation and Reiki, that just opened up. And then it became something I sought to understand. So I started using and learning how to work with Oracle cards. Um, I took intuition classes, psychic development classes, mediumship classes, all of these different ways of trying to understand how my intuitive nature, my intuitive mind was translating all kinds of things and informing me and how this could really serve me on my path and what the purpose of it all was. So Reiki in of itself as a practice actually expanded this for me and made me curious in a lot of ways. But it's also why, partially why, I wanted to create an Oracle deck because it was so helpful for me, this tool, this way of allowing my intuitive mind to translate for me what it was that was coming through, what it was that I was picking up energetically, what it was I was perceiving, whether it was about my life, situations, whatever it may be, all things can be read, understood, and translated um, in all different ways. It's just like your senses. You have five physical senses, but we also have non-energetic sensory. And that's something I'll come back to talk to you about another day how that really is like a higher expression of our ability to translate the seen and the unseen. But the cards for me were a great tool and still are a great way of learning to communicate with the intuitive mind, translating what is coming through intuitively. And so if you would like to learn more about my um, Oracle deck, it is called the Energetic Alchemist Oracle. It is tarot inspired. You can go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com and get your copy. It is a limited edition. By the time this episode airs, the classes for the cards will also be available. So if you want to take classes with me to learn how to read intuitively or even how to become an Oracle coach, 
go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. Now, on the other side of this conversation, I'm sure you're going to be even more intrigued about your intuition and your intuitive ability. If you want to learn more about Tanya and her work, be sure when the interview is over, go down into the show description, click on the links. You can learn more about her, work with her, and even find out more information about her book. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Tanya Gonzalez, and I will see you on the other side. Hey, everyone. Today on Reiki Radio, we have the beautiful Tanya Gonzalez. And Tanya, I was telling you before we started recording, I am so excited to have this conversation to learn more about you and your work, but especially having this conversation around why our intuition and relationship to that matters so much. So thank you for coming to spend this time today. Oh, I am so grateful, beloved Yolanda. It's been a pleasure since I met another woman of color, more women of color who um, enjoy and use Reiki for their day, for their practice as a part of their work. That was something that meant so much to me. So it really is about just being in community with sisterhood. So thank you so much for having me. This is one of my favorite subjects. Oh, my love. Thank you. Oh, that we could have gone on a whole nother tangent just from that. <laughs> I, I do. I do want to point this out because of a friend of mine who I've interviewed before, um, he mentioned in, you know, listening, listening to some of the recent interviews, he said, wow, there really is a lack of representation in the Reiki community as a whole, in terms of like what you see in the mainstream Reiki community. And so he was really excited to hear on one of the podcasts that there was this melanated Reiki conference that existed, you know, He's like, that's a thing. I said, yes, yes. I was excited when I found yes. out too. So yeah, beautiful to he- um, have you here and um, just having more exposure for you know people doing this work. So thank you, my love. So sure. just like I said, this topic of intuition is a really hot topic for everyone, and you know people are drawn to coming into relationship to their intuitive mind for different reasons. You know, a lot of times it's just like, I want to know what to do about my boyfriend, like these kinds of things. But there's so much support we can gather in this. And so hearing from you and people will learn why I thought you were the perfect guest to share with everyone. Could you give us a little bit of background of how you even came into recognition of your relationship to spirit in being an intuitive psychic channel? Oh, such a great question, beloved Yolanda. So, you know, I, I was an intuitive child and I knew that I would know things. I would sleepwalk. I would wake up screaming. The bubbles were chasing me and things like that. And I had always known that I had something. I just didn't know what it was. And, you know, I was dispelled as, oh, she's just having one of those dreams. Is she telling the truth? So I really kind of always thought something was wrong with me. And it wasn't until I was old enough to start going to the library and one of my favorite things and start discovering that, no, in fact, I was having lucid dreaming experience. I was having past life regression experiences and intuition really um, was the key of all of that, because what we don't know 
about intuition is that it is the highest form of intelligence. We've been taught that our logical, rational mind, this mental, this brain we have, which is so amazing. It is an amazing computer, a supercomputer. It, you know, it can do and, and can be molded into whatever we want, but intuition is our highest form of intelligence. And so it was through trial and error really, you know, bumbling through life. What am I meant to do? What am I meant to do? And then I read Eat, Pray, Love. I had been working as a school librarian. I had been a librarian for many years and thought, oh, I'll just retire into this. And so I read Eat, Pray, Love and that ignited something in me, that little girl that wanted to wander the world and that teenage rebel who knew she had more to give than sit at the the, the desk. And so I quit my job. I quit my job and to pursue becoming a yoga teacher and a spiritual life counselor. And that set me on the path of really listening to my intuition because once I quit my job, I had nothing but my intuition to listen to because I was a single mother and I had to take care of my daughter and myself. And so I said, okay, spirit, you've told me that this is what I should do. And so I'm going to follow the guidance that I received. And, and that's, that's really how I've, I've made it where I am. But the guiding, the biggest thing that I noticed was really making a decision to do so. It takes that, that shifting from the rational, logical mind to say, I'm going to follow my intuition no matter what, even if it sounds crazy, which I'll tell you more about what that means uh, in a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is the thing. I mean, even hearing you say that in the bubbles tasting, you know, I was like, oh, I love the description of that at a young age. A lot of people do have, um, you know, some experiences, even flashes of um, the unseen and when we're young. And then it shuts down, though, for a lot of people as they get older. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because it's interesting that this this ability that's part of our natural design that could be nurtured is often shut down. So through your work and just, I mean, um, through your research, I'm sure even as well, like, do you have any personal thought or feeling around why culturally we started shutting that down instead of nurturing it like some of the ancestors did? Oh, this is such a good, one of my favorite um, subjects. It's decolonizing spirituality. We have to decolonize spirituality. Just like Christianity was forced upon our people, so was being connected to your higher self. You know, the old gospel, the slave songs that they sold, those songs were saying to try to keep that spiritual connection. And eventually it got lost because of the struggle. Right. because of the need to survive. So that intuitiveness got lost. And because then Christianity replaced it, it started becoming, oh, that's over there. We're over here, you know? And that really started during during the enslaved times because, you know, you went to the root or the herb woman or the medicine woman or the doula because you couldn't, there was nowhere else to go. Right. And then it became she was deeper in the woods 
because nobody wanted to admit you were going to her instead of going to the church and being on your knees and talking to the pastor for hours, right? So no one wanted to, because again, it was, it was conditioned in our minds to believe that Christianity was our savior and not our spirit. Christianity and our spirit are two different things. And, and that was where the distinction, and especially in the black and brown communities now, we've been told that our intuition is crazy. That, oh, you're just being crazy. Even words like lunatic. Lunatic means you were connected to the ocean, or I'm sorry, the moon. You are crazy about the moon. But why is that? Because we have heightened intuition at the moon, just like the tides rise. I mean, it is fascinating to see how much more water comes during a high tide versus a low tide. And that's exactly what happens with our emotional selves. And so we do become more heightened in awareness of our intuitive self, of our emotions, of our inner depths during a moon phase. And, you know, our beloved ancestor, and I say ancestor, star, Harriet Tubman. You know, her journey all those times through the Underground Railroad was an intuitive guided experience. She would fall into fits, they called it, which was actually narcolepsy, and receive a divine guidance, go this way, go that way, because she had no light, no torch. She had no, no phone, no Google, no map. She only relied in completely on her intuition to make that journey back and forth 107 times if I'm not correct if I'm not mistaken 107 times she used her intuition her narcoleptic fits they called them they were fits they just said to save herself her family and other enslaved people but see that was that was swept under the rug Another one of our beloved ancestors, Sojourner Truth, many people do not know that Sojourner, the abolitionist, the ain't I a woman woman, the truth about Sojourner that most people don't know is that she was a spiritualist medium. And she, once she learned English after she came over, because she only spoke Dutch, she her her first owners were Dutch. And so she only spoke Dutch. And so when she came over and then learned the English language, she then realized as she, the, the, the people that owned her at the time were spiritualists. And so she started understanding the spiritualist principles and, and experiences to the point that her, it reopened her third eye and her mediumship came through. And in that mediumship, she became highly known as an intuitive. So much so, the Kellogg family decided to make her a part of their home as their spiritual advisor. And most people do not know that she was with them develop was the, as they grew and created the Kellogg fortune and is in fact buried in Battle Creek, Michigan, amongst the rest of the Kellogg family because they wow. wanted to preserve their connection to Harriet in death and in life. And so that is where she ended up in Battle Creek, Michigan, all the way from, from um, the Netherlands, from, from Holland, um, to serve then the Kellogg family in building their fortune that is still, as we know, 
immense to this day. And she is built, she is buried in their family crypt. And so it has been both Harriet and Sojourner's um, spiritual and intuitive connectedness that reminds us of how powerful it really is. And this is why they don't want us to know that. Wow. Okay. So this has gone a whole nother direction because I love what you bring up one. I mean, obviously those stories are very powerful and showing the importance of our connection to spirit and our higher guidance, but also you bring in the whole conversation around because a lot of people may not be familiar with, or even think about how um, religion was really brought to so many different countries and cultures because of colonization But prior to that, you know, these different um, countries and uh, ancestors for all different places around the world, they had these ancestral practices. And now we see with a lot of different cultures, people trying to reconnect to the roots of their ancestry and what was the more um, like the roots of what was practiced prior to colonization. African spirituality, that's what that is. African traditional spirituality is is that, is us. I mean, if it's going to be having a label, that's what it is, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's us really getting back to our roots, our Sankofa. Yes. And this is the thing, though. So you see this a lot within our culture, but, you know, you see it across the board. Like, I see a lot of people wanting to reconnect to, like, I don't know, like the, um, I'm thinking of the Druids and their, Um, maybe Celtic practices, you know, everyone across. But a lot of people don't know that, yes, the people who were enslaved and brought here, they had their own spiritual traditions. And those were literally not just beaten out of them, but, you know, to the point of what you were saying before, there was a lot of shame around, you know, connecting with the medicine women and the people who did these practices that were um, rooted deeply into our culture. And so then there's all of these stories and the sphere around what was older than even the religions were. And now there's this shift in consciousness where people are really trying to get back to the practices and understanding. And I think that ties in as well with this intuitive, I don't know what to say, like maybe expansion that's happening collectively where people are feeling called back to this the knowing and this understanding. The yes. Sankofa. So could you talk a little bit about that? Like even what you're noticing in this call to return to this deeper level understanding. Oh, thank you for asking. Um, this is because we are in the age of Aquarius. And as an Aquarius, you know that. But the age of Aquarius, we're in the middle. If you look at, so this year, the numerology for 2022 is number six. It's about unity. And we think that's about collective unity outside of us, the humanity connecting with the animals. But really, it's about the the unity within ourselves. And so unity and within ourselves. But then what does that mean? That means then we are coming in alignment with ourselves. Once we've come into alignment with ourselves, we're able to access our intuition. So 2023, we add those numbers up together, that equals number seven. We know that seven is the highest vibrational spiritual number. So we're moving into a spiritual year. And what is the highest level of intelligence? 
intuition. So we're moving into an intuitive year and most people don't recognize that. And with tomorrow's equinox, we will feel that even more um, because we're being prepared. That call that people are, because we're being prepared by the planets, by the, you know, what I call our angels and our ancestors. We are being prepared to recognize that our intuitive intelligence can save our lives because we're living in uncertain times, just like many of our ancestors did. And I'm talking about our ancestors before the enslavement times. Yeah. I'm talking about our ancestors from Kemet, from Kemet, from, from the ancient, ancient lands who knew, oh, based on what they saw in the sky, it was time to move. Based on what they felt from the animals, it was time to, to harvest, to plant. That is how we have all of the systems of understanding. It comes from, from years ago. And so what we're now doing is reestablishing some of those ancient practices, like the Gregorian calendar. You know, the lunar calendar is 30,000 years older than the Gregorian calendar. This is why so many of us are being drawn to come back to the lunar living, because we know that that is, that is our real cycle and, and, and our pattern. The Gregorian calendar is white man made. You work from nine to five. You have vacation Saturday and Sunday. You know, we've been, we've based centuries of our life off of this calendar that does not serve our people, that does not serve our consciousness. It doesn't serve our well-being at all, which is why in 2020, a year of four, we had to come together and recognize that, wait, this isn't working. And so we had to come back into balance. And so 2021 then a year of number five was a choice point. Either we're on this side or on that side. And we're starting to see it's not a division. It's an awakening. There's those who are awake and those who are asleep. And those who are asleep will continue to have a much more difficult time than those of us who are awake. Because those of us who are awake are ready and are, have been preparing mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally those who are asleep, they're going to have a wake up call. What do I do? And so those of us who have been focusing on harnessing our intuition, we will be ready to truly understand. Don't go that way. Do this. Go there. We live in uncertain times and in uncertain times, there is nothing you can rely on. There is nothing out there that is going to support you more than your intuition. Another thing is that, you know, we just had an earthquake here. I live in, in, in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And so we just had a huge earthquake. I had never felt anything like that in my life. Wow. And it, it really brought up for me the power of mother nature. And, and in saying that it was the again, that intuition, what do I do? And spirit just said, be still, be still. If you need to move, we'll tell you where to go and how to go. Right. And, and that's what we have to, we have to get into that because 
What happens if they shut the Wi-Fi, the internet down, the electricity go out? What are we going to rely on? You know, so many of us rely on our phones for everything. But what happens if you don't have the phone? What happens if we don't have these man-made things that we now call our our lives? What are we going to rely on? Our intuition. What's something that no one else can take from us? Our intuition. And so once we turn it on, it's up to us to keep it on and to make it stronger. So I hope and, I answered your question. Yes, no, that. you did. No, I, listen, everything you're saying, I'm sure light bulbs are going to be going off for everyone. I think it's a very important conversation, but especially what you just said at the end. I mean, once that's turned on, the sustaining of that, and you remind me of, especially because we talk about Reiki a lot here. And for everyone to know, you also are Reiki master. You practice Reiki as well. Um, a lot of people try to keep intuition very separate from the practice of Reiki, but most people will tell you in the experience of practicing, become a clearer channel of um, higher consciousness, you naturally become more aware of your intuitive knowing. And people have many experiences of starting to see and feel the, um, what we may call the unseen in deeper ways. And I think there's no coincidence there that you start (laughs) bringing yourself into alignment to this frequency of higher consciousness, then all of a sudden, your divine eye starts to open, widen. But to your point too, we have to nurture that. So I want to I want to ask you more about that. Let's get into how we work with our intuitive minds and go deeper. But I want to back up a little bit and ask a little bit about your story. Because I know that even at some point you were voted like the number three psychic in the world. You also do psychic mediumship. So how did that come about with you being voted the number three um, psychic, but also your connection to mediumship and what that means to you? Because a lot of people question what that is and is that different than intuition? Okay. So I'll dive into that first because that leads into my story. So the, the psychic mediumship, as I said, as a child, I would strip, sleepwalk and have these visions. And so that's how I knew I could connect to another world, the invisible, because I had a very clear vision that I had drowned. And the reason that the bubbles were chasing me, as you can imagine, I was drowning. And that's mm-hmm. what I saw. And so when I did a past life regression, I, I don't even, it's got to be over 20 something years now. And I remembered that and it came through very clear that I had drowned in many lifetimes. And so this was the one that I remembered the most. The thing, the reason I'm bringing this up is because that's what mediumship is. It is being able to connect to the spirit world. Being a psychic is being able to connect to the unseen world. Right. And so the spirit world and the unseen, they are very much the same, but and also different because the spirit world is ancestors. It is cosmic beings. It is energy experiences. Right. Psychic energy then can come from anywhere. It can come from angels and ancestors. It can come from planets. It can come from 
however spirit decides to bring it to you because we all have these these gifts but some of us have them at a higher level it's just like a mother no matter where she is if something happens to her child she can feel it deep within her spirit because we know this same thing with the twin and so having that psychic sense, I wanted to know more about what this was. And so as a teen, I started tarot, I started astrology, I've always been into these type of things, crystals, all of it. And so I just really was like, I know there's more to this for me. And that's how when I, I stumbled upon Eat, Pray, Love, and that whole thing, I was like, now I understand the message. This is the work I'm meant to do because it re reawakened that part of me that that was my most powerful part because I was a librarian, you know, thinking I'm doing the right thing. And I quit all of that in order to pursue something that was completely unreliable and unseen. This is 15, 16 years ago that I did this. Nobody was talking about tarot and, and Black women definitely weren't talking about being psychic, you know, 15, 16 years ago. I was called, I've been called the devil, a charlatan, all kinds of things. Yeah. And, you know, how I started is I was reading tarot cards in a coffee shop for a dollar a minute and outside of Chicago, where I'm from. And I had thought, oh, I'll just read tarot cards on Thursday. I'm going to teach my yoga classes. I wanted to be, you know, a well-known Black yoga teacher. I mean, and this was 20 years ago, right? And so I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to be known as a Black yoga teacher. And so the tarot was like just a supplemental thing. And so then I started getting people calling the coffee shop and then somebody called the newspaper. And then I started, you know, getting booked for parties. And then it was Craigslist because there was no, no Facebook right. and all of that, you know? And so before long, I was like, wow, I have this clientele of people from really all around. And then I had a radio show. So then it went bigger. Then YouTube started. My first video is still there. And so in 2000, I think eight. And so then I did a YouTube video of tarot readings, you know, for the week. This is your weekly tarot forecast. And, and then in 2011, so I, my first official website for Tarot Life Coach, my first business, came out in 2009, the year my daughter graduated high school. And so by 2011, I was invited to participate in the International Psychic Challenge um, I had been waitressing at, a, at several restaurants in Key West, Florida. I still had my radio show. I was doing clients. And then I get this strange email from um, from Europe asking me to come to this 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 tryouts. And I was like, this is a scam, you know. And I had one of my European friends because it was in it was in English, but very bad English. And so that was a trigger, a red flag. But it was also, you could tell it had been translated from this language I had never seen before in my life. It turns out it was Ukrainian. And they invited me. And I said, if you're serious, I sent them a, mail, a message back during my work break. Um, please call me right now. And within five minutes, they called. And in their worst English, we would love to invite you to participate in this psychic challenge. And so they flew me from Key West to Kiev, Ukraine 
And I did a tryout and then I was selected to participate in the TV show. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> There's so, so yes. many things from what you shared, babe. So like two of the things that really stood out was even through everything that you were doing, you were still nurturing that relationship yes. to spirit and your intuitive mind from doing the tarot readings to like, it's no matter how your life was progressing and evolving, you were still doing something that kept you into that flow of connectivity. But I also love too, when you talk about being a librarian and then, you know, you quit and you go on to how you're intuitively guided, but it's interesting to see how that actually expanded for you because one of the things we haven't said about you yet in the work that you do, you do refer to yourself as a bibliotherapist. And so could you share a little bit with people what bibliotherapy is, but then it's also, it seems like an evolution from like, yes, I started as a librarian. I always want to say um, like a wisdom keeper. You yes, know, like you, that's exactly connected what I say. To the wisdom and then it expands into something different and bigger. Yeah. So could you share how that, it wasn't just like that part of your life fell off. You still love books and yes. the wisdom that's been written. How did that I love that you brought that out? up because that's something that I've really just recently brought in after 10 years of coaching and teaching and, and having retreats and all of this, I said, you know, I want to get back to what I really love. And I've always shared bibliotherapy with clients. And so bibliotherapy is using books really as an apothecary, using books wow. as medicine, because there is so much wisdom in there, which is why for us as black and brown people, we are so thirsty for this knowledge because it's been stolen from us. And so that's why I said, and as a librarian, and as a psychic and intuitive, I need to be able to call in that wisdom in order to share it. And yeah. so bibliotherapy is really just supporting people very much like regular therapies, spiritual therapy, spiritual counseling, and then recommending books or passages or prayers or, you know, whatever it is, the written word that supports us, especially again, as black and brown women, where the ability to read and write was once illegal. And right. so for me, bibliotherapy is an ultimate resistance, again, to what we were told we couldn't do. And so bibliotherapy also, very much like bibliomancy, is when you open a book and just say, spirit guide me, what am I supposed to find? What am I supposed to read? It is that trusting and that knowing that no matter what page it turns on, there is a message for me. And many of the books that we read, you know, a lot of people, oh, Oprah's favorite. And oh, it was great. Oh, I loved it. But there's thousands of other books that didn't make it to Oprah's list that you might need. An wow. author that you're not familiar with because it's not the bright, shiny ones. And I always tend to, of course, support Black and Brown authors because because it you know we're <laughs> underrepresented and so um that's important to me as well wow that's really really powerful and i'm so glad i didn't forget to ask you about that but everything you're sharing brought me right back to it so i want to ask you about this too um i think you have made it very clear 
in a number of ways of why our connection to our intuition and spirit is so important and how vital it can be on our path. You also mentioned um, with the changing of this world and like, what is it that will guide us? And I have to say, Tanya, you know, prior to what happened in 2020, everything just prior to these recent, I don't know, <laughs> however many years it's been. Years, 10 years yeah, or so. right. yeah, yeah. Um, a friend of mine and I, we kept getting like this guidance of, you know, make sure your energy is strong, make sure your mind is right, make sure. And we we're like, why are we getting messages like this? And then we see how things have been playing out. But it is very interesting, again, that so many are being guided back in this return to spirit, this return to home, this return to earth and nature. And a lot of people are questioning, like, I don't know why I'm feeling drawn this way. I don't know why I'm being pulled this way. But to your point, it's like, again, I always like to say we're designed for this. So we're just nurturing what has always been. But could you talk a little bit about the connection, the difference between like, you know, we all have, you know, we can connect with our angels, our guides, our guardians, but there is this like rising again of people really wanting to be aware of their ancestral connection. Can you talk a little bit about working with ancestors, how that supports us and any tips for people who may feel that calling? Oh, yeah. Well, working with our ancestors, that is a part of our intuition. You know, we know that water is, is we're made of water. And many of us, our ancestors have passed in the water and water holds memory. And so our ancestors, they're ignited through our blood. Remember, because that's our DNA. That's how they know who we are through our DNA. And so they're they're igniting within us because they can feel and see and know what we do not, right? And so that calling is our ancestors saying, wake up, pay attention. We are guiding you. We are telling you, do this, eat this, go there, don't go there for a reason to see if we are paying attention. Let me share a story with you. The first one of the I had, I was in California. I was about to do a presentation um, and it suddenly started pouring raining. Now at this time I was still drinking alcohol, which I no longer do. This was over seven years ago. Um, and so it, I was at this hotel about to do my presentation and start pouring raining. So it was like, a no-show, like nobody came, right? Because nobody likes to come out in the rain, especially in California. In California, right. <laughs> exactly. And I didn't know that, right? So I'm all excited. I'm doing my first presentation in California and nobody really shows up. So everybody's leaving for, for lunch and everybody's going to Wendy's because it's right on the same side of the street as the hotel. So everybody's like, yeah, I'm just going to Wendy's. I don't eat Wendy's. I don't eat fast food. And so there was a cute like sit down, you know, not a, a a name brand restaurant across the street. And I was like, ah, oh, it's across the street. I'm cute. I got my heels on. It's pouring rain. There's four lanes of traffic. The stoplight's down there. It's like, ah, oh, spirit, if you want me to go into that restaurant, it's going to take a miracle. Like I'm going to need to just jump across the street. I don't even have an umbrella let me let me do this so I walk outside and the guy at the door is like oh here take the umbrella I was like all right check all right so then I was like spirit if you really mean it I, I'm going to be able to just 
jump leap across like a deer across the <laughs> these four lanes of highway in my cute shoes. I will open the door. There's no cars. The light is red over there. So I'm like, I'm going to take a chance and just do it. So I left across the street, walk into the restaurant. I'm like, okay, no damage done. And I'm like, how oh, my budget, this is a real restaurant with a menu. How am I going to, I was like, I can order a soup and a salad at least and a cup of coffee. And so I finally shake off. I sit down and I'm like, okay, spirit, here I am. You got me over here. I'm looking around. Is somebody here I'm supposed to meet or something? And clear has a bell. You listened. And I, said, I listened. And it was that you listened. You followed the directions. Now keep it up. And we'll keep giving you more guidance. And I was like, all right. I want to get out of California. <laughs> you know? And so before long, I was out of California. But see, that is it. Spirit will, will give you the nudges so many times. And if you don't listen, just like any muscle, it, what happens? It atrophies. Yeah. It atrophies. We know this, our body will go into atrophy if it is not used. And so tips, listen to your intuition, meditate, breathe, read. Did you know that reading, one of the reasons that they kept it from enslaved people, because it inspired intuitive thoughts and guidance and re-remembering of who we really are. Why would they have made it illegal? Because it, it brought in higher consciousness. It brought in higher ideology, the ability to be able to write, right? So read. And I should tell you, the world's wealthiest people, and I'm not just talking about those people on the Forbes list, our readers, they commit to at least an hour of reading every day because why? It brings you to a cosmic connection that is beyond. How many times do you read a passage or something and you read it a couple of times and you're like, I got to write this down. That I felt that. Right. That is what reading can do. And so meditate, breathe, be in nature. Find out what is your element. If you know you're supposed to be in the mountains, go live in the mountains. If you know you're meant to live near the ocean, live near the ocean. Be near your element because any other time you're working against it. In cities, get out of the cities. Cities are where we are disconnected from nature. Cities are where we lose sense of self because we do. We're stacked on top of each other right? There's, where's the greenery? We all go to the city and look for green. There is no green. It's all concrete. And that's how our signals get lost because you, nothing can go through cement. We know that. And so that's why cities are, are places of, of violence and crime because there is no high vibration and it's intentional. And so that's why when people come on vacation here to Puerto Vallarta or places, where do they come to? Most people come to vacation, go on vacation either to relax and enjoy the sun and nature, or they go somewhere to elevate and evolve their selves in a learning experience. That's what we consider vacation, either evolving or relaxing. Imagine if we did that for ourselves on the daily, evolve and relax. Yeah, that's amazing. I just can't believe, listen, Miss Gonzalez, okay, because 
this conversation, I could talk to you about 20 different topics just from what you're sharing. So one of the things when you're talking about reading and all I could think of was like, yeah, even the way it, it activates the imagination and the visuals that come in and the stimulation of ideas and inspiration just from reading a book. But the way that that third eye is so activated by the way we're processing and visualizing as we're reading. Um, the other thing that you said when you were sharing the story about the restaurant is it's funny because we often go into this uh, like tug of war with our intuitive calling, right? We get some intuitive insight and our analytical mind goes, that doesn't make sense. No. And we completely dis deconstruct it, pull it apart and don't follow whatever that, that signal was, whatever that message was. And so, like I said before, you, you share in your story ways that it sounds like you just have always been connected to this intuitive resonance for yourself. Are there ways that you have found that really support people and just coming into that simplicity of, okay, I'm going to trust because you mentioned, you know, meditation and these different practices that help us, but a lot of people, they open up, but then they doubt. So what is your encouragement for us to just, just try it? <laughs> movement, movement, oh. movement, because our bodies do remember. And so movement also, and yoga, yoga, because again, it's about that breathing. It's about that meditation. I know I don't expect everyone to sit in Namiho Rigekyo for hours, but it's just like when you close your eyes and you see nothing, you know, meditation is nothing but that pause in the gap. And so learning how to really breathe, you know, we breathe, you know, to stay alive, but there is a deeper breath that cleanses us, right? In spirit, it's spirit too. That means to breathe. And so, you know, the doubting comes only because the imposter is running things. And so that's the difference. So there's the intuitive and there's the imposter. When you're listening to the imposter, it's going to be full of doubt, right? And and you can think of the biblical story, the doubting Thomas, right? The story that, you know, he was able to walk on water and then he looked back and then he went, you know, he sunk in and in, in, and Jesus had to pull him out of the water, right? Well, that story, the doubting Thomas, what that is really about is he was in faith. He was knowing he was being guided. He was like, I can walk on this water. I'm not thinking about walking on water. I am being guided by spirit. But again, just like Ruth in the Bible, who had to turn around, she turned into a pillar of salt. Thomas had to see, was everybody seeing? The imposter came in. Was everybody seeing? Look at how great I am. And spirit said, nope, you, make, you started thinking about yourself instead of following the guidance that we were telling you. And so that's truly what it is. You know, we have to remember, as I said, it will be atrophied if not used. The food you eat, the things you think, the words you say, the acts you take, the clothes you wear, the smells you wear, the products you put on your body, all affect your intuition, which is why every single thing out there on the market is to dull and deny it. Alcohol. I had a serious problem with alcohol. I'm not saying as an alcoholic. However, I knew I had a, an issue and I, I decided 
and I made it a very clear claim. Spirit, I know you've been trying to tell me something for a really long time, and I'm willing right now, I'm going to decide right now, I never, I never want to drink again. I never want to drink again because I know that you've been telling me that I am a clear channel. And if I take this leap, not a 20-day or a 30-day detox from alcohol, if I take this leap and go all in, there is something bigger and better for me waiting. And so, again, it is not easy to do. But I said, I'm all in, Spirit. Show me the way. I do not know how to be in this world without alcohol. And so, Spirit, again, just took it from me so much that I never even thought about it, alcohol ever again because I asked for it genuinely. I am done with this experience. I'm asking for my truth. And, and that is what, what happened. And then my intuition got 10 times stronger. I can't even tell you because then I truly became a channel for spirit. Now, does that, do I falter? Absolutely, I'm human, but I serve spirit. I do not drink. And so that, therefore, if someone calls me, Tanya, my baby is sick. My grandfather passed away. I'm feeling something, something happened, tragedy in the world. I am available and ready for spirit at yeah. all times. And that was what I said I would be. If you allow me this gift, I will serve in this way. And so it wasn't a, a trade-off. It was a, a, this is my new sacred contract. Yeah. Oh, I like that. My new sacred contract. And you know, the visual is getting when you're sharing that because a lot of people struggle with just that idea of like, well, how am I going to figure this out? I'm not intuitive or I'm not as intuitive. The comparison comes in all of these things that really start to um, put people in this huge doubt before they even begin to recognize what their own ability is. Yes. And so you reminded me of, you know, going to school. I, I don't know. There could be anything that's of interest to you. They feel a calling towards, but you know, you have to study. You know you have to practice. You know you have to implement. So why would this be any different? I think Absolutely. a lot of times we're too hard on ourselves about we're supposed to be perfect from the start instead of just starting where you're at but staying consistent and allowing that that evolution. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about this too is devotion to our spiritual practice, which you keep echoing as well, how important that is to you. But if you could also talk a little bit about helping people understand that this is really, you know, and you part of your ability and choice. Yes. It's not someone, you know, someone has to give you some permission. So they'll, oh, yep, now you are. It's part of your design and your choice. So could you talk about that and how our devotion to our practice ties in? Absolutely. So, you know, there's this society that we live in the instant gratification. Oh, let me light a candle, pick some tarot cards. Here's the answer. Everything I need right here. You know, that's not how spirit works. Just like you can't go to the gym tomorrow and lose 20 pounds. Oh, I want to lose 20 pounds to fit in this dress. No, you got to go for a couple of months. You got to be devoted to get into that dress if that's what you're asking for. And so, no, you can't just, oh, let me get a tarot reading. It's all figured out. You have to show up for spirit if you want spirit to show up for you. Yes. And that means 
what is spiritual practice? And this is what so many people get caught up in. They think, oh, I have to spend two hours in prayer mode. No, it means lighting a candle, saying a prayer. It is doing that every day without fail to spirit, to your ancestors, to whomever you decide, but being devoted to it, because that's the thing. We give up on ourselves. And if we give up on ourselves, then how can we expect spirit not to? How can we expect somebody else to give us what we won't give ourselves? You know, we're asking spirit for a whole bunch of miracles, but we're not willing to do anything until after we get the miracle. <laughs> that's not the way it works, you know? Spirit is not yeah. Santa Claus. And that's the thing that Christianity has made so many people believe that there was going to be some great day that we're all going to get some big surprises and all be well and wonderful in the world. No, we have to be well and wonderful in ourselves for there to be a well and wonderful world. Yeah. And that is what spiritual practice reminds us of, that it is a practice because every day there is something out there trying to tell us who we're not. And we, spiritual practice is the only place that reminds us, oh yes, I am. This is who I am. Not what they say, not what he said, not what none of that said. This is who I am, which is why again, that spirituality was considered so woo-woo, so out there. Because, and isn't it interesting they considered it out there, and yet it was out there that was creating all of the issues, right? Because there is this conspiracy about us reconnecting to our spiritual selves. Because imagine, our ancient Egyptian brothers and sisters, they didn't have TVs and telephones, they were studying the stars, which is why they were advanced thinkers. We are sitting here watching Netflix. We need to be studying the stars. We need to be looking at what is happening within us and around us, not the people and the stuff. What is nature speaking to us? And that is what devotion really is. And that is where we're missing it. Because we don't want to. We want to be distracted by our phones. We want to eat the food that is killing us. We want to talk about celebrities and worship them instead of ourselves. And so it's all those distractions are the reasons we can't connect to our intuition. You know, I teach my clients and share with my clients and coach my clients that I don't want you to come to me for a reading anymore. I want you to know what you know for you. Because sure, I can give you all the guidance when every single time I do it, oh, you just confirmed for me what I already knew. Because we do know. The thing is, we don't believe it. And so I share with women, men, how to believe what they know. That is such a beautiful thing. Listen, my whole face is lighting up because I'm like, I can't believe all the directions this has gone and how much powerful information that you've shared. And it's already, I mean, the hour is already gone. <laughs> I'm like, wait, <laughs> didn't we just start this? Oh my goodness. No, but it is, I think, um, and this is why, again, Tanya, I was so excited to talk to you because I knew that this conversation would really put emphasis on people, the importance of us really like owning the fact that we are intuitive in nature and the importance of working on clarifying the channels that we are. 
So with that, I do want to share with everyone more about the work that you do and how to connect with you, because I do know that you mentor people. You have a mentoring program called She Knows. And could you tell everyone a little bit more about that? Absolutely. And thank you. So She Knows is that you that does know. And this is one-on-one coaching where I work with you and have you go through your mental power, your emotional power, and your energetic power, because that is how you will get pardon me, to your intuitive superpower, because there's layers that we have to go through. And the biggest one is that mental block, that mental block that says, who do you think you are? Why do you, why are you trying this? Because that imposter, beloveds, we don't recognize that imposter is built since school. The imposter is formed in our education. We start, oh, you got an A, I got a C. We start hiding it. We shuffle the papers under there. So the imposter knows us better than almost we know ourselves. And so that mental block, that has to come first. And then we can get into our emotional selves, where our triggers are, where our pain and our our stories live in in our emotional body, which is also intelligence. And then we get into the um, energetics, the Reiki energy, we get into, you know, what energy am I putting out? What energy am I calling in? What energy am I cultivating and generating within myself? And that's how then you can come to the one she knows, the one who knows you the best, because you've cleared, cleared, cleared. And now you're ready to speak to her, which is why we get her in glimpses. We get her in glimpses because she's right there. Like, I'm right here. I'm right here. Just listen. And and we might get it for, oh, I got an intuitive hit. And then it fails because we don't continue the work. We just want it to be at one hit wonder, you know, for when we want it and need it right now. But the truth is our intuition kicks in when we're not thinking. And there's been studies, actually, as a psychic, I I do... um, I, I, I love looking at research and I know we have to go, but I just had a, an article come to my attention about what happens to the brain at the moment of, of passing. Wow. And, you know, everyone says there's like this time of reckoning or these flashes of, of your life. What that really is, is your intuitive intelligence revealing to you all of the things that you you know, that paths that you took or opportunities, people you met and all of that, because the rational mind is turned off at that moment. At that moment, it's not about thinking how all of it, it's first of all, all of the thing is going to either the pain or the problem that's causing the actual death. And so that part of the brain is shut off. And so the intuitive mind is saying this and this and this and this. And that's why when people say, you know, you don't want to have any regrets at death because you get that moment of, of just all of the things in your life, the checks and the minuses, because that's what our intuition will remind us of. Just like I had that reconnection as a child, when I was born that, that I had drowned. And so the, she knows brings all of that to you because it's not about time. It's about recognition. 
I love that. It reminds me so much of one of my favorite stories, which I talk about all the time, the um, Egyptian mythology around death yes, and the yes. whole story with Mott with Ray's yes. weighing of the feather against the heart. Yes. And I always tell people, like, we didn't take it so literally. I mean, think about what burdens the heart yes. and how that impacts us versus what could make our hearts light as a feather. And definitely in that transitional yes. period, Think of if we start that work now of unburdening ourselves and coming into that lightness, right? Yes. And coming into this higher guidance and awareness that those experiences of transition would be something totally different and hit Absolutely. us in so many different ways. Yeah, that's and amazing. And is my girl too. I love, yes. I, I, every birthday I come back to the 42 spiritual laws of Ma'at to mm. anchor it in every single year because- yeah yes, we must live by some spiritual rules and the laws of Ma'at, which are based, were, were stolen and used in the Bible and the Ten Commandments. You know, I could go on about the historical things, but you know, I won't, but yes. I know, uh, I was thinking like, honey, we have to have an after show or have yes, to come back. Yes, because yes, again, yes. I mean, there's just so many things we could talk about based on what you shared. But speaking of that and her, that's why in my Oracle deck, I have a card called Feather. Yes, that yes. is a nod to her. And I it can't is, wait um, to get it. The I can't wait to get card. your deck. Oh, yes. I can't wait to send it to you, my love. Yes. But yeah, that's where that, that card um, comes from. But anyway, you did mention before that you live in Puerto Vallarta. I didn't realize we're so close because you're not yes. in San Diego. Yeah. Um, but you next year are planning to have some retreats and offerings where people can come and just like you said, I mean, relax, but also learn, yeah, yes. kind of go into these beautiful healing spaces. So what is the best way to connect with you to contact you learn more about your work, all of the things? Well, first of all, my website at www.tarolifecoach.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook as the Black Psychic Librarian. And of course, you can email me at tarolifecoach at gmail.com. And so, yes, we love hosting Royal Reset Retreats. It's an opportunity for you to come and get some of the miracle healing waters of Puerto Vallarta, as well as learn really how to evolve using water magic, using nature magic, using all the elements to support your royal reset. It is something I absolutely love to do and, and to see a transformation in, in somebody in a short time during a vacation or retreat is so amazing. So thank you for allowing me to share that as well. No, of course, my love. And I want to let everyone know too, like if they go to your um, Instagram, the, um, the Black Psychic Librarian, which I love the name. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> this is like part of the reason why. Now having this conversation with you, it makes all the sense in the world. But if people go there and click on the link in your bio, I mean, yes. there's so Everything much information. There. Everything is there. Um, I'll make sure I also have the link to the tarolifecoach.com. So if you want to connect with um, Tanya right now, just go down in the description, click on all the links. You even have a quiz. Yes, people that they yes. can take yeah. your intuitive superpower. And we, I do have a podcast in production. So we're hopefully after Mercury retrograde, I'll have everything ready. And I, I didn't mention it, but I did just give you a little taste. It's called, I'm not crazy. I'm clairvoyant, the same name as my book, because I want people to also recognize that it is time for us to decolonize spirituality, but also normalize our intuitive giftedness and demystify black girl magic because 
you know, there's so many stereotypes about black girl magic, but as I shared about Harriet and about Sojourner, there, there's Marie Laveau. There is mm -hmm. Pamela Coleman Smith who helped create the the original, yeah, okay. not the original, but the, the one of the most popular, you know, tarot decks. All of these women were women of color seers, psychics, and intuitives. And so there's so many more stories that we don't know about. And it's time that we know those stories, not just for ourselves, but to remind ourselves that this is what we come from. This is a part of our magic. And it's okay for us to be intuitive. And it's okay for us to acknowledge our intuition truly as a superpower. So thank you for letting well, me I'm share that. I'm looking forward to that. So this is a thing because you and I are recording a few weeks before this actually airs. So I'll just say if prior to it airing, if you have the link or more information for that, we'll put that down in the show description. But either way, follow Tanya and you'll get the updates of when her podcast will air. And you're making me think as well, speaking of the nature of your work and what you do, this is why it is so important for us to read. And you you pointed to this earlier in the conversation, not just the books that are known as the most popular but really doing some research and finding out um, what's out there that we may not be aware of. Because even when you bring up um, Madame Laveau, like, I'm like, well, yeah, if I never went to New Orleans, I probably would have never heard of her, right? And so, yeah, I mean, just so much in this world we live in right now, we have access to a lot. And it's just a matter of looking, digging, going deeper. And well, that's so much where I come in. in. Because you don't have to go digging. I'm the Black Psychic Librarian. Oh, oh, I can yes. help you find it. I can help you find it. I, I don't right. want you digging. That's my jam. So, you know, I create cosmically curated bookshelves for, for, for families, for homes, for businesses. Because when you have a, a bookshelf curated for you based on your cosmology, based on your birth sign, based on your moon, based on your personality, you really will get a whole complete shelf of books. And it's one of my favorite things to do. I love, I, I started doing research when I was in college. So it's been one of my absolute favorite things to do. And looking through all the different booking journals, I love selecting books like that for my clients and creating these these lists of, of amazing bookshelves and things. And so wait, do you have yes. another minute to because I want yes. you to take a breath and really tell us about this because yes. this is amazing. Okay, so <laughs> People, when you work with them, so is this based on their birth chart or what, like yes, what you, yes. you bring it in and then you, a part of the she knows. Yeah. A part of the she knows is I do share bibliotherapy and in bibliotherapy, you know, as I said, I can open a book and share some insight that is meant for you, but I take it a step further. And then I said, based on your cosmology, based on your birth chart, your, your natal and all of that. What books do you need right now? Again, this is therapy for you right now. So I'll give you an example. I had a client who has had a, a recent big shift upward, and she also just recently had a big fall in the bathtub. And so I had created this bookshelf for her called The Cosmic Reset, right? How apropos before this fall even occurred. And so a few of the books that I selected for her, one was about being about being well, one was about mothering, and one was about the, you know, the, the divine feminine, and in her divine wellness. And so, and I own, and she only knew she wanted audiobooks. So I said, Okay, beloved, here, uh, here's your list of audiobooks all available. 
for you. And it was like spirit had me do that for her before her fall. So now she has access to this insight and information, this bibliotherapy while she's healing herself, convalescing during this time that are audiobooks that are already supporting her during this time. Another one, I have a, a, a husband, a father, an entrepreneur, and he needed books to better connect with himself, to help him heal some of his emotional trauma. So the books that I supported him with are male voices, a lot of them, again, audiobooks. Um, and I don't just do audiobooks, but for men in the car, that seems to have been the thing that they like. And his was called the Evolve, um, Evolve in something, but it was about his up-leveling. And so the choices that I made for him, he's really felt the connection at a deeper level. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I needed this. And then hearing it from a male voice is also like therapeutic. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so we have we have that. I'll, I'll share one with you real quick, just, just to give you an example. So this is a book that I'm reading. God is a Black woman Ooh, by uh -huh. Dr. Christina McCleveland. Cleveland. And so I'm just going to ask spirit. Okay. So I'm just opening the page. Okay. <laughs> so we get page 222, 228, which we know is our favorite number. And so this, what I just got my eye on is hashtag do better. Our lady of side eyes century long existence makes it clear to us that the sacred black feminine will not tolerate white male gods shenanigans, not in the form of cultural ideas, not in institutions, not in individuals, and not in our religious and spiritual spaces. So is that not just what we were just talking about? <laughs> you see, and so that, and, and that's why I bring that because the books, they bring another level to yeah. our learning and our healing and our truly understanding, understanding ourselves at a deeper level. And so that's why I, I, I bring in the bibliotherapy. Well, I'm really thankful that this came up, that you were able to share this with us, because I mean, that's beautiful. It's powerful. And there's a plane going by. I'm sorry. Um, okay. I don't know that. I, I don't. I can't think of a time I heard anyone share of working with people in this way. But the other thing that came up while you were sharing this, Tanya, is the beauty of that giving and receiving, right? Because a lot of what we're talking about is the importance of being open, being more receptive, getting that guidance. And I think through your work, you really highlight again, how our guidance comes in many forms, like you're guided intuitively, but guiding people also to that wisdom and the written word and blah, 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 blah. So spirit speaks to us through everything, through nature, through, through everything. music, through word, yes. through this, through that. But it also brings up that beautiful gift of that's why it's important to them pour back in. So just like through you, you're very receptive, this open channel, but then you're pouring back out so that someone else may also be in reception. So we have these gifts of reception through spirit. We have these gifts of reception through spirit, even in the material realm and this beautiful cycle of giving and receiving. That's what really highlights through so much of what you shared. Thank you. Thank Honey, you. thank you. This was an amazing conversation. I am so thankful that you came today, Tanya. And thank for you. everyone listening again, you have to go to her website, tarolifecoach.com. Be sure to check her out on Instagram at the Black Psychic Librarian. 
everything will be down in the show description and I know you and I will stay in touch thank you so much my love thank you okay beautiful alchemist I told you that that was going to be an interesting very powerful conversation and I always love these kinds of interviews that I can't even almost imagine the direction they're going to go. I thought we were just going to talk about the importance of intuition, but Tanya really shared so many insights that I'm sure have you thinking and processing and maybe being even inspired about different ways to work with your intuitive knowing, the importance, or even considering how you have been called forward to work in this realm of energy and what it all really means, what it's pointing to. So don't forget to connect with Tanya to learn more about her work and her upcoming podcast, which I will be looking forward to. Go to her website, thetarotcoach.com. And then also you can find her on Instagram at the Black Psychic Librarian. So all of that is down in the show description. Click on the links. Her website again is tarolifecoach.com. I also want to remind you that if you want to learn to read Oracle cards with me, specifically going into deeper connection with the Energetic Alchemist Oracle, that really does support connection with the intuitive mind and how to translate the messages of your intuition, go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. And if you want to become an Oracle coach, there is a class that will go with this deck as well. So learn all of that on my website. But for now, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for tuning in to Reiki Radio. Thank you for being here. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. And remember to always journey in love.